0: You are now listening to the Extra Point Podcast with Larry Mallory and Scott Farber.
1: I'm Scott, and for those of you old enough to remember the Lone Ranger, (laughs) uh, he, of course, you can take that off now, Larry. Let us see your face. He, of course, is the NFL Players Association president for the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, the uh, uh, the host of The Extra Point, starring Larry Mallory on this uh-huh. network, my co-host on this podcast, and my friend. Hey, man, how you doing?
2: I'm hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there uh, uh, trying to stay safe and trying to stay healthy.
1: Well, you know, and, and uh, we're going to have some college kids on later today talking about their experiences with the uh, – with the covid-19 one of the ladies has had actually had the covid-19 so they'll be coming on a little bit later and you know Larry what I did you know I always like to do these little things you know with his, historical things i didn't send it to Cindy but i'm going to Cindy of course our producer who's hiding we can't see her we can't hear her and she's going what what Don't, you're not supposed to talk to me but um, <clears throat> i found online it just came to me a test about lb uh, about jfk uh-huh. And I sent it out to my kids, and I sent it out, you, you know, my Me? oldest is in her early 40s, and my youngest yeah. is 20. And they were all so happy that they got only a couple wrong. And I'm going, wait a minute, it's multiple choice. You should get every one of these correct, you know. And I sent it to you, so you need to take sure. a look at it, too.
2: I did. I took I took the test. It was an interesting test. How did it you kind do? of brought back some memories, huh? Uh, I think I missed maybe two questions.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, um, uh, two you know, and so people would know these were questions like, you know, what year was uh, uh, he elected? Um, how old was he when he was elected? Um, what is the F and JFK stand for? Um, who did he, uh, who did he uh, run against? You know, and, uh, um, you know, it was for younger, for younger people, though, to, to do well
2: on that test, you know, for, for you and I, we kind of live through those eras. Well, but for them to
1: But that's that's yeah. my point, and that's you know, gets into the history of everything we always talk about, is that yeah. the further in the past it goes, the less important. I think we talked about this a while ago, but I remember when we were at the last anniversary of Kennedy's assassination last November, a year ago, mm-hmm. it was no longer talked about. It was a footnote. And before we go tonight, it was whatever, how many years ago it was that uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, our uh, 43rd, uh, I mean, our 35th president of the United States uh, was shot and killed in Dallas. That's the news, good night. I mean, he became a footnote, you know, type thing. And we don't refer to Lincoln, you know, when he was shot ever.
2: And and you know, Scott, what was interesting for me that even that question, when we answered it as the 35th president, and right. it just took you back historically you know it made me feel right. as if well i guess i was really born all the way back to the 30th president you know yeah. when you think about yeah. it but you don't think about it from a, a presidential number
1: well can Please. you think offhand because i thought about this can you think offhand who was president when we were little i, I that's a good i can't i mean i can figure it out you know yeah, I eisenhower when we were little kids, was president. Okay, okay. Yeah, because Kennedy, um, you know, I kind of remember when all that was going on. We were little, but I remember when Kennedy was elected. Yeah. You know, but Eisenhower was president before, so that was like, um, you know, I'm not sure he was sick. Uh, so there might have been, whoever was before Eisenhower was probably actually when you and I were born. Right, hey, is that You know, and I have minded? to think a minute who would have been before Eisenhower? I guess that was Truman? Truman? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, probably Truman. So, you know, Truman might have been, yeah, Truman was probably president right when we were born. And then yeah. uh, and then uh, Eisenhower. I'll, I'll have to just check, you know, the years and everything. Uh, but it's interesting. We go, we're beginning to go back a long way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and when I asked, I used to ask my grandparents years ago who they remember, it was presidents we don't even know their names anymore. You know, when, when well, they... well,
2: honestly, honestly, Scott, though, I think it, it it really refers back to what you're doing from a GBC net perspective. Right. You are attempting right. to capture the histories. And I think it's so important for young people nowadays to know their family history and to know right. how they got where they are. So uh, my hat's off to you. What well, you're doing you know, and,
1: and young people today can't even name the four Beatles. So, you know, we're <laughs> <so they're laughs> in trouble. Point. All right, I just want to I just want to put a little tease out there Larry you know we are hoping to do something in the near future with the NFL that we're not going to tell anybody what it is you know but we're hoping to get something to happen you know Larry and I are working on this along with uh, our good friend Lifford who had Lifford Hobble who has the same position as Larry but only with the Alumni Association so we don't have to say any more about that that's just something we're hoping about and then uh, um, on a, on a note today that I wanted to mention, did you know Jake Scott, the Miami Dolphin football player from the uh, 70s?
2: You know, not personally, but I knew of him because I met him once. He was, he was actually on the same team, I think, with Zonka and Kick in Warfield. Wasn't Jake on that, that winning Miami team?
1: Yeah, he was on both the Super Bowl team. He was, Jake was the MVP of the 72 season MV, uh, Super Bowl.
2: That's right. That's right. And so, and, you yeah, know, I, I, I didn't know him personally, but I knew of
1: him a lot. He passed away today, I guess, at age 75. Makes me very sad. And every time I hear a passing, and I just remember, we, we, there's a context of why we would talk about how many NFL players are left. We don't need to bring that up. But the number, every time we would talk about it, the number would be dwindling. You know, you know, I think when we first mentioned it, you told me there were 900 left about a year later, you told me there's 600 left. We're talking about guys who played before 1993 in what's considered the older era. And it's really sad. Every time I see somebody that passed that played, you know, in the 70s, 60s, 70s or 80s, that number gets smaller every day, you know. Um, All right, Larry, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're going to have to talk your way through this one now. (laughs) COVID, as you know, is running rampant in the country. The holidays are here. Travel is going to pick up. A nurse, I believe it was in South Dakota, Mm -hmm. uh, came on TV and said she literally has patients dying of COVID. That say I can't be dying of COVID because it's fake. COVID-19 isn't real. Trump is screaming voter fraud. He's trying to stop certification of votes. You lived after your NFL playing days. You were a businessman and you lived many years uh, in Europe. And you're still in contact with a lot of your former uh, business associates and friends. We got some crazy stuff going on in this country now. And I don't care. You know, there's two sides and it's really tragic to me that we're in this, that we have this side and that side, and we can't seem to come together yet. What are your friends, I know you're in contact with them still, what do they think about the United States right now?
2: Um, Honestly, right now, they feel that there is a bit of hope in that, you know, we have actually changed leadership and uh, obviously there's a challenge with transition of change in leadership but uh, living outside the country for so long it truly gave me a perspective of how how people respected America respected American principles respecting American uh, policies and above all respected the fact that America could have different parties different perspectives but but be competitive but not be enemies and now it's kind of evolved to almost being enemies versus just being competitive right a lot of the people a lot of the people are hoping that we can regain you know our status and our position in the world because a lot of the things about peace and civility to many countries not just uh, European countries even a lot of African countries and a lot of the poor countries, But a lot of the things that that brought them together were actually things that started from an American thought or an American involvement or an American participation. America has been very, very strategic in creating peace and attempting to create some degree of civility around the world. And and hopefully, and, and like I say, it's positive now because we've changed leaderships and people are hoping that we can reassume our role as a leader in America. Even with the, the present you know, elected membership, they're already talking about you know, re-engaging us in many of the major uh, you know, uh, uh, health issues, uh, uh, strategic issues, climate issues. They're going to get us realigned in many of them around the world, and I think that's important
1: for a lot of let, people. Let, let me ask you this, though, now are we going to be able to put our differences aside? I'm talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the citizens of the country Mm. or are we going to have to live until the next generation comes along and fixes it? I, you know, what I'm saying is everybody's going to still have their little heated things boiling is Trump going to try to keep things at a high pressure level when he's out of office? Or are we going to be able to start to mend now together? Or are we going to have to wait for a whole generation to go by first? You know, basically until all of our generation is gone or too old to matter anymore.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, my my answer to that question is is also based upon me seeing so many people in the world, how their perspective of us are. I I truly still believe that there's hope. For America, I still believe that there's leadership and opportunity for us moving forward. Uh, I, I don't believe, well, I do believe, though, that it's going to take some examples and time for us to regain our status. But I truly still have hope that we can regain our status in the world.
1: You know, I remember when, uh, when we would go out, you know, my wife and I, and we'd go out with friends, I could remember that because that doesn't happen anymore now, <laughs> right. but I remember we'd talk about politics, and we'd always argue, but we would be best friends. i don't think we could have that same kind of political discussion now. I think it is people are so dug in their trenches, and you know politics is always a tough topic, but it's 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 a whole new ball game now
2: it is, and you would think Scott that the the impact of the pandemic would actually have an impact on how they're thinking. You know, there's a thing that's going on Facebook now saying something like, uh, wear a mask for Thanksgiving so that you might not have to wear one for Christmas or so that you can see your people for, in other words, do the right things right now.
1: I've seen wear a mask for Thanksgiving so you don't have to wear this at Christmas and it's the ventilator down your throat. That's what it was, that's right. I, I, you know, I will never understand why a mask wearing this mask has become a political issue. How did that happen? I mean, the only
2: way it, it could have happened is through leadership, because we believe in our leadership, we believe in our structure. Even, even the people that's, that's not on my side of what I believe in, they're still under one of the best structures in the world. I, I truly hope and believe that we can work ourselves through it. I, I think that their present leadership has somewhat ignited a part of the population that didn't get a lot of visibility in the past. And I think that now they've gained, they've gained obviously, a lot of visibility. But I think that the, that the new leadership that's coming in will tr- work with the other side, will try to do the right things, and more than anything else, Will try to ensure that there's good information out there. There's so much, there's so much information out there right now that doesn't have any truth, any reality in it. Uh, you know, we heard uh, the former mayor of New York and his presentation recently that's been almost just completely disregarded by everybody. We don't even see. Uh, the, the The press conferences now of the different people that are saying the wrong things or not saying or telling lies, I think that kind of movement is going to help us clean up our information system
1: well you know you know what I find amazing and i 'm going to the military and just knowing all the stories that i 've heard from all the military people that we 've interviewed, and I know that i 've interviewed uh, Republican servicemen and Democratic uh, Democrat servicemen. And I know that they might fight and argue and very heated in today's world, but if they were on the field of battle, they would protect each other to the nth degree. And that's what keeps me thinking that we can get through this. When you played football, you didn't worry about who is Republican or Democrat, your teammates were your biggest bond, and you had to beat the other team. You you know what I mean? So those are the things that I think about that tells me that we can get through this really troubled time of this divisiveness that's out there. You know, and I'd like to think I'm right, you you know, about it. But I, I just want it to happen sooner than later. And I look at Biden and he's trying to, I think, already try to to do that. And and I don't say that to get people that uh, support Trump, because Trump supporters, Biden supporters, believe wholeheartedly in what they believe. And that's good. But now, you know, there is going to be a change. So can we come together? I mean, George Bush was in the most contested uh, election until this point. You know, with Florida's 500 votes being the difference, it went to the Supreme Court and this country was divided. But when Bush stood on at 9-11 with the bullhorn and saying, we're coming to get you, this country, I bet his approval rating was in the 90% or higher range. I mean, he brought everybody together you know, and that's, that's what we need desperately now. And it concerns me that it might not happen for a generation. Well, uh, I think you bring up a, an excellent point as it relates to the
2: military. Um, I think that they will play, honestly, an important role in, in our transition. And it also brings up, when you have guys like Lifford and I, uh, guys that are in different cities that represent former NFL players right that's the same kind of mixed population I mean a lot of my some of my chapter members are Trump supporters and I have that's their that's their you know they can do that some of my chapter members are liberal some are progressive right and so as a leader you know you have to be able to at least keep a degree of, of peace across all the platforms but at least give everyone a chance to you know, voice their opinion and voice their perspective. It doesn't mean, though, that we don't have to be moving forward in some type of unified approach. And I think it it the the technique of leadership is is about to change. Right. It's not going to be all about tweets. It's not going to be every day. You know, we're talking about the uh, uh, about the leader of the world and, and not being not focusing on some of the things that we have have going on. The That's United right. States is about 300 over 300 million people not about one right right and and so therefore i think we're about to refocus on the on the totality and not the individual
1: all right now through the world of technology cindy is going to bleep us for one second cuz she's going to bring on all our guests and we're going to go to our next segment about covid cindy do your magic All right, so Larry, in this segment, we're joined by several guests. As you know, Larry, COVID-19 is running wild, and we have two issues to discuss with our guests. Um, How hard is it to live on campus with COVID-19 running around? And then how hard is it to be a mom with small kids at home that are trying to take classes online, and also you have to take a couple of days uh, to teach? So let me uh, introduce uh, you to our guests very quickly, Larry. Caitlin is our mom, and you know Caitlin, of course, because she uh, works with us. But Caitlin has uh, her kids home during the week online, and then she has to teach them a couple of times during the week. Mm -hmm. Alyssa and uh, Katie are at uh, UT in Austin, University of Texas in Austin. Hook of horns. Uh, (laughs) Is just getting over COVID-19. And Katie and Alyssa are roommates, so that's gonna be a fun little story. Samantha is uh, uh, trying to keep everybody safe at Oklahoma University, and trying to teach them to wear masks and whatnot. And Zoe is um, at Texas A&M. All right, so I guess let's start immediately with Alyssa and Katherine. Alyssa, I know, has worked very hard to stay safe. And then Catherine got sick and tested positive. Melissa, how was your reaction to that?
0: Well, at first, our other roommate, Eden, we were talking and we were like, we don't actually think she has it. Like, we think she's fine because she wasn't showing, like, any major symptoms that were like specific to COVID. So we were like, oh, she's probably fine. But then we were on the, me and Eden were on our way to go get tested and Katie texted us that she was positive. And we were like, what? (laughs) Like we freaked out, like it was crazy. Um, But it's definitely been, it was interesting to actually find out that the person we're living with (laughs) has COVID.
1: So what did did you guys do then?
0: Um, We locked her in her room and we opened all of the windows around the apartment and basically we just like if she wanted food we would go deliver it at her door and then she would open the door and like why soul <laughs> why <laughs> it? before she would close the door again and like wear masks around the house and stuff
1: so katie while they're a little bit nervous and everything you actually had the virus were you concerned scared that you could get? fortunately you did not get really ill uh, obviously it could have been a lot worse. What were your thoughts knowing that I have this COVID?
2: Um,
3: well, <laughs> I was really freaked out because, I mean, I didn't think, like Alyssa and said, like I didn't think I was going to get it. Like, um, I don't know. I'm from New York, so. I'm coming like with that mindset and everything there was like completely locked down. Like we didn't leave our house for like two months and um I guess coming to Texas, I was like, Oh wow, like COVID's not a thing, even though I would like read the news. I mean, um, not that COVID isn't a thing, but there's sort of like this bubble, like being in Texas, in a city, in a college, like it sort of felt so distant. Um like so many people were kind of ignoring it. And I honestly, like I had not been to parties. I know that a lot of people had, I'd seen a few friends I work. So I think that it's possible I could have contracted it from there, but um, yeah, I think I was just really scared and I was scared more because I got symptoms on a like the symptoms that I had, I just had a bad stomach and I was a little bit congested on Tuesday, but I didn't think like Alyssa was saying, we didn't think that it had to do with COVID necessarily. Um, for whatever reason, I probably, but I don't know, but I had work that day and I was with Alyssa and my room, like my other roommate and two of our friends, because it was the election night. So that's when I had it. And it was more just like, I felt so guilty. I was like, I was with other people and I was infectious. So I guess just like being in my room, locked up, like thinking about all the people that I could have infected, that was what freaked me out the most. Um, and also just like getting that positive result. I was like,
1: what, oh gosh, yeah. What did, what did your parents uh, uh, say to you? How was that call? back home
3: um my parents i mean they're just, I, they're like they're worried about me that was kind of the main concern they're like we'll send you whatever food you need like whatever like disinfectant spray um just like don't leave the room like just saying what like kind of reiterating what everyone else was telling me and telling me that it would be okay um just like yeah you should feel lucky that you aren't getting bad symptoms because this is obviously like a deathly virus and you're lucky that you're young and healthy.
1: All right, Samantha, you're at Oklahoma. UT is a lot more liberal. Oklahoma is a lot more conservative. Do they believe that the virus is real at Oklahoma?
4: Um, um, I don't, I'm not sure what they believe here. Um, They don't really seem to have a plan for anything. They just uh, issued a mask mandate for classes and when you're on campus, but there's a lot of students who still don't follow that rule. Um, And some professors have been known to not wear masks when they're teaching, so.
1: Now, have you seen any of the virus around you? I mean, you know, do you know of people that have it? Are on uh,
4: yes, I know people have had it and some of my friends, their roommate just got COVID so they're going to be quarantining for the next few weeks.
1: You know, and now how have you been living? You've been basically living in quarantine anyway.
4: Yeah, I don't do anything. I don't go anywhere. I'm in this room <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs>
1: so my one A&M? Sorry,
5: what was the question?
1: What is it like at a and I mean, do, do the students, do you guys even discuss it at all? Or is it out to the bars at night like normal?
5: Um, so I'm actually not on campus. Um, whenever they, like, whenever classes were about to start again, they said that we had the option of going all online. And okay. I had been paying for my college for, like, since I've been in there. And it's my senior year, and I only had this last semester. And so I just moved it back in with my family, where I'm from. And so... Um, I have been to AM a few times just to like get some things. Um, I haven't really like seen any friends, but I do know that like I had to go there the other day to pick up a project and I went to the gas station that was really close to there and there was nobody wearing any masks. And wow. so I know AM is like I have a lot of friends who are liberal, but I think AM is mainly conservative just right. from what I've seen. I see a lot of conservative like Trump flags and everything. Um but I think, yeah, I've seen a lot of people like walking around campus not wearing masks. People just kind of don't really care.
1: So do you guys think, um, and any of you could jump in, do you guys think this is a, uh, uh, this virus is a should be, it, it, it is a political virus basically. Do you mm-hmm. think it should be?
5: No, I actually was talking to my boyfriend or uh, my boyfriend and my sister yesterday saying that it's crazy that you can kind of tell where they fall politically if they're wearing a mask or not into the stores. And I was right. like, it's just wild that you can kind of, I mean, not always, you, even if people are conservative, they might still be wearing masks, but sometimes you can kind of see like, oh, they're probably not liberal if they're not wearing a mask.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, the classroom setup. How, how are the um, classrooms set up? How are the classrooms
4: set up? Well, at OU, they have everyone online if you have over 40 people in the class. Um, so I only have one in person class and it's in an auditorium that could hold like 200 students and there's only about 25 of us in there. So everyone's pretty spread out. Okay,
1: You know, so do you guys, are you guys still going out like on campuses, you know, and, and Zoe, let me ask you another question. Do you feel cheated that your final semester you can't even be on campus or are you just okay with it and just want to graduate?
5: I'm a little bit okay with it, just because I was able to live with my dad for a few months and so I wasn't having to pay rent and so it has saved me a little bit of money. Um, but I do feel a little cheated because they still made us pay the full tuition, which included right. like all the on-campus things that I wasn't taking advantage of. Um, and they asked me if I was on campus or not and so they know that I'm not there and they still made me fa- like pay the full tuition. Um, it is a little upsetting that I didn't get to go to like my senior football games or anything, but you know, I've, I've been doing it for over three years now. So it's kind of just, it's an, oh, well at this point, and they're supposed to be doing in-person graduation still. So I would be the most disappointed if I wouldn't be able to have a graduation.
1: Right now, do you guys, it's, uh, we're coming up to the Thanksgiving break at the time we uh, recorded the podcast. Do you guys have any fear of going home? Like Katie, are you afraid to go home and see your folks that uh, they might catch it from you?
3: Yeah, um, my parents, well, I'm really lucky because my, uh, well, first of all, I'm pretty sure in New York state, there's like a quarantining rule. Like you can't, you have to quarantine for 14 days before you see anyone. Um, but my stepmom lives in the city, but she's been with my dad in, um, like my town but she isn't there now. So they're just like, okay, you can stay there for two weeks or whatever um, until
1: you're like safe. Now, who's um, who's more worried about it, guys or girls on campus?
3: I feel like it's not really gendered. A lot of it is what Zoe was saying, uh, political, but yeah, at UT, so many people here are liberal that I feel like honestly wherever I go like my friends and stuff everyone has masks but I mean I don't want to like throw like a group like under the bus or anything but um there are definitely certain communities like um I don't know uh like I'd say Greek life uh is definitely a hot spot most people in those organizations have already gotten it, and then feel that like they can go out since they have the antibodies or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's probably a hot spot on campus.
1: Larry, show them how older people like you and me protect ourselves. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is how Larry goes out to the store when he's uh, given his little list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he's he's well protected
2: um you know and one of the questions i wanted to ask actually is you know h- how are the athletes being quarantined on their campuses you, you know what i mean are they are they keeping the athletes separate or how does that work
0: um i know um i know of one athlete i don't know how like what they're supposed to be doing But I definitely know the one athlete I do know, he is going out with like his frat and everything. So he's not really staying quarantined. Well,
1: well Larry, you know, the thing that I noticed, and this is concerning, I'm glad you brought that up about the athletes. Look at all the football games that are canceled every weekend because of the virus that the teams have. The numbers are huge. And I sit there and I go, if the athletes which the school, these, these three schools revolve around the football team. Right. And when UT has to have a game canceled because the players have a virus, um, it makes me wonder what is going on on campus and how many kids might have it on campus that don't even know it because they go, oh, I got bronchitis or I have allergies. And they could spread it to somebody who can get much sicker than they got. You know, and that's, that's the problem that I see with all the kids on campus. Because, you know, the football, you know, uh, it was last week about eight of the major games were canceled. And don't, don't hold me.
2: Well, and especially with the football teams, because, you know, the guys are are projecting a macho image. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, they, they feel that they're healthy and strong or whatever. But uh, therefore, you know, if they're in an environment where people are not doing all the right things, then. And they they, they are spreaders as well.
1: Now, Caitlin has been sitting very quiet and dying for us to talk to her, I'm sure. Uh, Caitlin, you're the working mom in this group. Mm
6: -hmm.
1: You know, and you know, every morning when we have our call, um, (laughs) you know, Caitlin has a couple things going on in the house besides the kids. She has a dog who rings the bell when she has to go outside mm-hmm. and that dog, as soon as Caitlin and I get on the phone in the morning, that dog is ringing the bell.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. But Caitlin, what has it been like to have the kids home and their little kids, how are they taken to the zoom?
6: Um, so it's horrible. I don't really know. It's awful. Um, I have four kids, and my oldest actually is in high school, and he's fine. Um, But the other three are fourth grade, second, and kindergarten. And the kindergartner, I mean, literally, it was six weeks of sit in your seat, and five seconds later, she was rolling across the floor. And her teacher's like, You know, come back over here. She's like, I don't care, I'm done. So, like, put her back in the chair and, you know, unreview all day, every day.
1: <laughs> so. Okay. So it's been difficult. So, is this like almost like the younger they are, the harder it is?
6: Yeah, it's awful. You know, um, and so actually, I,
1: actually has a program that the kids are supposed to actually go through, is what you're saying, to help for development. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, so they are supposed to uh, sit on their in their Zoom classes from nine thirty in the morning until three thirty to four at night or afternoon, I guess. But um, you know, it's too much. They can't focus. Um, and actually, um, just was able to send her back to school for two days, <laughs> and yeah. so I sent her. But um, you know, her classroom only has three kids in it. Um, she did ride the bus she's the only kid on the bus so she has like her own personal limo so, <laughs> so
1: what about when <laughs> she you... loves
6: it actually it's much better
1: what about the days when you would have to teach i mean what training did they give you the schools what they tell you to do
6: oh well it started off as you know there's asynchronous and synchronous learning days and basically you do nothing on mondays you know they just catch up and then the first Monday I got on there, I'm like, what is this? It's a full day of homeschooling the kids, all of them.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, it, it, I know it's been difficult then for all of you guys. All right, before I let you go, I just want to ask each of you, Alyssa, it's Friday night at UT. What, are you going out tonight?
0: Um, I was cooking dinner for a couple of my friends and i
1: Okay, and they're going to come over then?
0: No. I'm not doing it here.
1: Oh, okay. So I'm you're, not, gonna, you're
0: we're going to like an outdoor like patio thing at
3: um someone's dorm.
1: Okay. And um uh Katie, are you going out tonight?
3: I'm going to my friend who also had it her balcony and we're going to hang out there. Yeah.
1: Okay. And Zoe, are you out tonight or are you home? No, I've been home. Okay. Okay. And then Samantha? The
4: only place I would go is Target. That's all <laughs> I go <to. laughs>
1: And how is it in Target? Are you, are you keeping safe and away from people?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, not a lot of people are there on a Friday night. Uh, so...
1: All right, guys. Well, listen, thanks for coming on and sharing your experiences. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And please stay safe and healthy. All right. Through the magic of technology, again, our guests have left. It was a great show today, Larry. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, what we were talking about getting the young kids on there today to hear their point of view. Do you have any closing comments before we say goodbye?
2: Well, yeah, just a a quick one. I just wanted to say that, you know, during these challenging times and, and, you know, Scott, you know, I've I've been through this living outside the country before. Through these challenging times, I really appreciate and respect, Scott, what you're doing with SF Media and GBCTV.net in terms of capturing the histories of our families. A lot of people are losing their loved ones around this time and our prayers go out to them. But gbctv.net is attempting to preserve those histories and to make sure that we you know, have something that we can really relate to about our families as we move forward. So keep up the good work, Scott, and I appreciate everything you're doing.
1: All right, man, and I, and I so appreciate you. And that's it for now. We'll just see everybody next time. Take care, my friend. All right, take care. Thanks so much for watching please make sure you like and subscribe right here to our YouTube channel. And if you enjoyed, please share with your friends. And if you want to see our collection of hundreds of stories told by the people who live them, please head on over to gbctv.net. Thanks so much.